Hello and welcome to the Curious Choice Leader podcast. I'm your host, Becca Brito, and it's time to step into your leadership one curious choice at a time. This show is dedicated to helping experts like you become the leader you want to be, to create working worlds that work for you, your business and everyone connected with it, whether it's your own business or someone else's. I share my office with a mad chocolate Labrador called Lyra. Well, I call it my office, but she thinks of it as her bedroom. And either way, she takes her job of sleeping very seriously. She can often be heard snoring and dreaming in the background on my calls. Her second favourite place to get some sleep is on the sofa. Or it was, until I was given a lovely new floor lamp. She was very excited about its arrival, got involved with getting it out of the box and assembled. So far, so good. And the lamp now stands proudly in a corner near the sofa. And for some reason that I don't understand, Lyra is convinced that she can't jump onto the sofa anymore. It's just a small step up for her in reality, but she'll sit and she'll look at the sofa and just cry. The only way she can get up there now is by taking a running jump from the other side of the room, which makes things interesting if you're already sat on the sofa. It's taking time, patience and lots of training treats to get her confident to go back on the sofa again. Cute though this story is, you may well be wondering why I'm telling you about a Labrador and a lamp. Well, it reminded me that even when we know the people in our teams really well, when it comes to change, they can still surprise us. Here in the UK, we've had another wave of government-imposed restrictions announced this week. People are no longer being encouraged to go back to their offices, and the advice to work from home where possible is likely to be in place for at least the next six months. So more changes for our teams to deal with, both with their work lives and their home lives. As leaders, we need to be open to the idea that people will surprise us with their reactions, even when we know them well, and be ready to support them accordingly. We've been given another chance to really strengthen and deepen our relationships with our teams, and to find new ways to improve how they get results working from home for an extended period of time. So are you ready? It's time to get curious and make some choices about how you can set your team up for success as they work from home where they can. When you heard the news that working from home was being encouraged again, how did you feel? Were you celebrating as you're more productive when you work from home, especially now your home isn't a school as well? Are you glad that you don't have to face the commute and can be a bit more in control of your own hours? Or did your heart sink? You miss the office, the buzz of the people around you and the chance to get out and about? For some people, it's not that clear cut. But for many of us, we sit firmly on one side or the other. As a leader, we have our own preferences to consider as well as our teams, and we need to still ensure that our team is productive when we can't see how they are and what they're actually doing. We may well be used to leading a team who are based in different offices, but now we find ourselves managing a team with as many locations as there are people. The techniques we've used to run our multi-location teams are still going to work, albeit with slight tweaks. And since the initial lockdowns, we've probably worked out how to work as a team when we're all in different places, and how to keep things going. Yes, there's room for improvement, but there is even when we're all in one location. At the heart of this is our relationships with our team. We need to keep developing and deepening those relationships. As Lyra demonstrated when the lamp arrived near her sofa, even when we think we know them well, their reactions to change, even ones we think are positive, can surprise us. So how are your team reacting to the latest government guidelines? I know for some of us this doesn't really represent much of a change in practical terms, Many of us have been working from home through this period, or maybe even longer. But it will impact some people in your network and in your team's networks. 
so there will be some changes to manage and some more unexpected twists and turns in how to get things done. You can expect to see people go through the phases of the Kubler-Ross change curve. Initially, you're going to see some denial, some disbelief, and certainly some confusion at the seeming gaps in logic between the different measures that have been introduced. As leaders, we want to move our teams forward from this unproductive, negative state of mind as quickly as we can, even though it means we have to go through the next phases of change, the anger, the frustration, and then the depression, which make up the messy middle bit of any change process. As we go through this, productivity will dip in the short term as people process the change. Then we'll start to come out the other side and build back towards productivity. Not everyone's going to go through this at the same speed or with the same intensity, and you need to flex and adapt your approach to suit your team and the stage of change that they're at. Hopefully you've learned lessons about how to do this effectively from the last round of change. But if you're looking for hints and tips, check out episodes three and four, where I share lots of ideas about how you can support your team on that journey. As we become more confident in leading people back to productivity, we can start looking at how we as a team can work at our best again. We absolutely need to look at our management and how we get things done our systems and our processes and how they need to change. We need to look at how we measure what we do and again, anything that needs to change there. And we need to look at how we delegate and how we can pass work between ourselves and our stakeholders. But there's something which we as leaders need to think about which sits underneath all of that. And that's our team's energy levels. We know change is tiring and dips into our energy reserves. We need to look at how we can boost our energy levels back up. How we as leaders do what we do will make a difference but looking at where team members get their energy from can make a big difference too. Earlier, I asked you how you felt about working from home for an extended period. Some of you will have felt a positive energy boost, and some will literally have felt the energy drain out of you. You'll see the same from your team. There is no one right reaction, and as leaders, our job is to be aware of where our team sits on this scale and make sure we set the team up so everyone can flourish. There's a strong correlation between people's reaction to how it feels to work from home and where they are on the introversion and extroversion scale used in psychometric assessments like Myers-Briggs, especially when you dig into why they feel the way that they do. Here, introversion doesn't mean shy and extroversion doesn't mean being loud and in a crowd. It's about where you get your energy from and if that source is internal or external. I've been watching the debates about how many meetings you need to have as a dispersed team, whether it's more than normal, less than normal, and the prevalence of people talking about Zoom fatigue with interest. People on all sides of the arguments are convinced they're right. And they are. The truth is that what's right for one person isn't necessarily what's right for another. It comes down to where you get your energy from. Let me explain. I was talking to a friend and colleague of mine last week. She's very definitely an extrovert and gets her energy from being around other people. Her husband, on the other hand, is very definitely an introvert who finds spending too much time with people very draining. They've developed a great way of talking about this between themselves and with other people. They're big gamers and for them, keeping their team energy level good is a bit like a game quest where you have to make sure you collect the right number of people points to keep your battery working well. As the name suggests, you get people points from your interactions with people. Too many people points and your head literally feels like it'll explode. Too few and your mood, mental health and physical abilities drop. On an individual level, an introvert needs far fewer people points to function well than an extrovert does. But what does that mean for a team? 
Well, for them as a team, they make sure they play the people points game together as a team. He knows when she needs to go and collect people points and she knows when he needs to give some away. Together, they can keep their combined people points at a peak performance level for the game. Your job as a leader is to help your team balance their people points and to keep the overall energy and productivity levels in the team high. The people who are excited to be working from home may well need less people points than those who dread it. But don't make assumptions. Check into the reasons behind why they're feeling what they're feeling. Someone who needs less people points may dread spending a lot of time at home because they live in a busy house. So check in with your team. How are they feeling about working from home and why? So in this episode, we've talked about how people's reactions to change can surprise you, even when you know them well, and how we need to remember that as we face another set of government regulations. We've talked about how we need to remember to actively manage and lead our teams through this change, even if the impact may seem small on the surface. And then we talked about managing our team's energy levels and making sure they have the right number of people points. The things I share in this podcast are based on my experience. Some will be more relevant to you than others, and it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with what you've heard. My hope is that you'll find something you can take away and apply, but that's up to you, and it's exactly what being a curious choice leader is all about. Getting curious, building your understanding, and then making some choices about what's best for you, your team, and your business. So the question I'd like to leave you with is, how are you and your team doing at the People Points game? If you found this episode useful and thought-provoking, I would love it if you would subscribe and share it with others who you think will find it useful too. It would also be brilliant if you could leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to know more about implementing these ideas, please get in touch and let's talk about how you can become an even better leader of change, one curious choice at a time. Visit thecuriouschoiceleader.com where you'll also find full transcripts of this and all our previous episodes. Thank you for listening, and until the next time, stay curious, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.